Champions. Yes, indeed, it is. Six o'clock kickoff in uh, that tie. That's in second of the Tokum Knockout semi-finals. We'll also get a uh, short update from Johan LaRue on what's been happening with the cricket. I'll get straight into your sports news, though, starting off with that cricket story. Australia reaching 14 without loss after 12 overs by stumps to trail South Africa by 245 runs in the first day of the third test in Adelaide. Unbeaten 118 from Fluff Duplessis, helping South Africa to 259 declared in their first innings. Football news, Ernst Middendorp has resigned as head coach of Maritzburg United with his assistant Fadlu Davids taking over as caretaker. Middendorp helped the German uh, to help the uh, club uh, rather narrowly survive relegation last season when he returned for a third stint late into the campaign, but the German has opted to step down in the wake of a 3-2 loss to high-flying Cape Town City on Tuesday. The team of choice is ninth on the table with 10 points from as many games. Meanwhile, Golden Arrows coach Clinton Larson has confirmed that Kenyan midfielder Clifton Mihiso has been released from hospital after recovering from a throat infection. Mihiso returned from national uh, team duty with Kenya, suffering from the ailment and subsequently missed the 1-0 win over Highlands Park, as well as yesterday's 3-0 loss to Mamalodi Sundowns. The 23-year-old is hospitalised owing to the severity of the infection. Further afield, former England captain Stephen Gerrard has explained his decision to call time on his illustrious playing career after announcing his retirement. The 36-year-old former Liverpool midfielder left MLS club LA Galaxy after an 18-month stay earlier this month and has decided to hang up his boots. Gerrard, a UEFA Champions League and two-time FA Cup winner with the Reds, has said the decision arose from his body talking to him, adding that uh, the aches and pains became hard to ignore. Rugby news, Johan R- Janssen van, Re- uh, uh, Jans van Rensburg, Jumbo Lengo, Uzai Kasim are three players, will make their Springbok debuts against Wales on Saturday, while uncapped uh, Jean-Luc Dupree has been included on the bench for the final match of the 2016 Tour. The uh, centre, Janssen van Rensburg, replaces Damien Dalenda, and winger Lingo is in for Brian Habana in rotational switches, while Kasim will make his test debut after Willem Alberts was ruled out owing to a neck injury. Fafterklad and Elton Yankees return in the half-back combination, while Johan Goersen starts at full-back, and in the front row, Lorenz Adrianza comes in at tight head in place of Vincent Koch. On to golf, uh, Spanish pair Rafael Cabrera Bayo and John Rahm carded three under past 69 in the opening foursomes to lead France, USA and China by one shot after the first round of the World Cup of Golf in Melbourne. South Africa's Jaco Fonseca and George Kutsia are 25th after an opening round four over par 76. Just finally, in some uh, motorsport news, Jensen Button has announced that he's treating this weekend's Abu Dhabi Grand Prix as his last race in Formula One, turning his sabbatical into a retirement. Earlier this year, the British racer revealed that he'd be t- uh, taking 2017 away from the Formula One grid, billing it as a sabbatical. And that's your sports news. SAFM Sports Wrap. Let's start talking a little cricket today. Australia reaching 14 without loss then after 12 overs by Stumps. Uh, they trail South Africa by 245 runs in the first day of the third test in Adelaide. The day-night test, a wonderful unbeaten century uh, from Fuff Duplessis helped South Africa to that 259 for nine declared in the first innings. We've got cricket correspondent and I must say as well, recipient of the Radio Sports News Reporter of the Year at the SAB Sports Media Awards, uh, Johan LaRue, congratulations on your deserved award. Thank you very much, Dwayne. Uh, I think just, that just adds to the pressure of, uh, of living up to that standard now. Well, indeed. But let's talk about the cricket. The uh, early declaration, I suppose, uh, a, a case simply of realising the Proteas had a fairly competitive total and just wanting to have a few, a few uh, overs under lights at the Aussies. 
I think so, and I think it's a brave move as well. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for Faf Duplessis today because South Africa didn't pick up a wicket in those 12 overs, but a very brave move and something that we haven't really seen in South African cricket over the last few years. So uh, I like the move by Faf Duplessis. He was very confident, he, and that also showed a lot of confidence in particularly his, his fast bowlers. And he obviously believed that 259 was enough for a first innings score. I see after the match, or after the day rather, he also said that a 250 score with the pink ball is kind of equivalent of a 350 score with the red ball. So South Africa feel that they are in a very confident position and uh, it was a good way for them to finish the day after South Africa did find themselves in a bit of trouble earlier today uh, with Dean Algar, Hashimamla, JP Dumini all failing with the bat, Temba Babuma also struggling. But it was very tricky batting conditions early on and it's going to be interesting to see how the play goes tomorrow because with the pink ball it really was swinging a lot and uh, it seemed to be tough uh, batting conditions uh, out there. Indeed, but uh, did you get the sense that this week's events had sort of motivated Faf Duplessis just a little more than usual? Definitely, it did, especially that reception that he got when he walked out. He was booed. Uh, even when he got his 100, he was he was booed. And I think that really motivates a player like Faf Duplessis. Even afterwards, he, he said he was extremely motivated. And everything that happened really did help him in that innings. And that's the kind of character that Faf Duplessis is. When, when the going gets tough, then, then Faf really does get going. We saw it four years ago in Adelaide as well when he played that gritty knock in the second innings to, to save the test match for the Proteas. And and, and that's the kind of caliber of Faf Indeed. Well, Johan Leroux, time against us tonight. But thank you for your insights and opinions. And uh, enjoy day two of action. Thanks, Wayne. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. SFM South Africa's news and information leader. Now, a rather enthralling uh, draw between Bitvitz and Highlands Park last night. At, uh, as Bitvitz returned to the top of the Absa Premiership standings. But I'll tell you what, Highlands Park certainly dominated uh, many aspects of play in that match against the side that is undefeated so far in the league this season. We've got the Highlands Park coach, Gordon Nickerson, on the line. Gordon, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Yeah, good, thank you. Good to chat to you again. But before we chat about anything else, just your goalkeeper, Tabua Kapini, uh, he had to be replaced owing to what looked to be two, two separate injuries uh, last night. Any news on the severity of, of, of what is wrong with him? Yeah, he's got a shoulder injury, Dwayne, as you know, and that can heal. But he had a head injury that uh, we obviously very cautious about. He was, uh, he was actually knocked unconscious for about four or five minutes. The doctor... Um, Straight away, he told me that he would never be able to continue. He had to go to the, to the hospital and uh, make sure everything was fine. And um, he's busy seeing a specialist today. And, uh, you know, we hold him some that everything will be okay. I'm sure, you know, he, he, he's uh, in good hands at the moment. And we're going to give you pleasure on him tomorrow. Okay, well, that's good to hear. But certainly, let's get back to last night's match. I mean, it was a dramatic finish, wasn't it? I mean, uh, you become the only the second team this season to deny Vitz three points. But how, how did you feel about yesterday's performance and result, though, in total? To be very honest with you, Dwayne, I was a little bit disappointed because, you know, before the game, if you had offered me a draw, I would have taken it. And then when the, when the game started in the first uh, 30 minutes, I thought we were doing really well. We took the lead and we were leading. And then there was about a 12-minute, 15-minute period we started to panic a little bit, you know, that's just down to inexperience and the players being a bit naive, and we started giving the ball away very cheaply, and of course we allowed a bit back into it. When I had a chance to talk to him in the second half, we came up in the second half again, and I thought we were really good, and we, we were trying to get our, get our um, second goal, and they scored the goal. 
you know, from an area, from a, a situation, and they were leading 2-1 and we ended up chasing the game. And the guys had great players, so they, they really, you know, the last five minutes, I just had a feeling that we were going to score because we had one save off the line, we proposed, we were really in a good, in a good, uh, 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 moment at that time. And, um, of course, when we could equalize the time, of course, I was the move. Defensively, you mentioned that naivete, and certainly I think defensively, uh, you know, silly mistakes have cost you so far this season. But what are you working on at the moment, particularly with your defence? Well, I think it's more about the players getting more confidence and understanding what you're looking for. You know, sometimes that's kind of, you know, you understand the team, the team has come from the initial first division, haven't made many signings, you know, we've got a, quite a few good young players, and of course I've also got a few good experienced players. I'm trying to get the mix out there. And um, you know, I'm just trying to work on not giving the ball away, not panicking in certain situations, trying to keep possession, you know, run the game out. And um, each game we're getting, we're getting better and better, and I'm happy about that. You know, the guys are starting now to believe. Because we had a, you know, we had a very, very good game against the London Pirates. We had a very good game against the Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, we've been unlucky in one or two situations. You know, we were two more up or two one up against St. Pittsburgh. They scored a game in the very, very last minute. And um, uh, and uh, equalising goal. And then we got goal in A as we continue in the ninth in the eighty eighty-eighth minute or eighty-fourth minute, I can't remember exactly. You know, so we did actually goals away and obviously we don't do that, you know. We we have to grind out the goals, we need to get our, our nose in front of the time and stand there and hold on to the lead. Yeah, you have been working on a, a couple of key aspects certainly uh, with with the team as as a whole, but Spoken briefly about your defenders, but your forwards look very strong and imposing. They've generally played uh, fairly well throughout the season. Last night, though, wasn't the case with, uh, with them scoring. But are you, are you generally happy with your attack that includes Sitaetai, Mbesuma, Mashumba, and, of course, now a new signing in Muriri? Well, Mbesuma's injured at the moment, but I'm very pleased and happy with uh, Colin Mbesuma and, of course, Tartai. Tartai's a young boy and he's doing especially well at the moment. You know, he was the one who... Played the first goal for us, and uh, you know he scored a goal in the last couple of games. So you know he's a young boy he's learning, and if you have a player like the in this term, he's going to learn much quicker. You know, and of course when he's the partner really, and I don't know if you noticed, know but in the last 15 minutes since the trials came on, you know the, the, the whole uh, situation changed a bit. He was keeping possession of the ball with cracking situations. He was probing, playing balls into areas, and when the players were moving into good spaces, he was finding them. And I thought he made a very nice leg for me in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, so I, in the past, a bit longer than that, but the last couple of minutes, especially from the closing Yeah, it just looked like he needed to settle. I think because I mean he hasn't actually played a game in the uh, domestically since October last year for for Mamelodi Sundown. So I mean I think maybe he needed a few minutes on the pitch. But I'll tell you, the last fifteen, I, I thought the man who controlled things for you was uh, Muriri, and he certainly had Vitz on the uh, on the on the back foot in the closing stages. But uh, Gordon, in in, t- in terms of the patch of matches that you're on, it's a very rough stretch that you're actually on at the moment because you had, you know, the early pace setters in arrows and then you had Bitbest Fitz uh, last night. You've got the, the African champion sundowns on, on Sunday. You've got a potential banana peel against Bloemfontein Celtic next Wednesday and then you've got a visit to Orlando Stadium to face a resurgent Orlando Pirates who might be Telcom knockout finalists by then. Uh, is this a, simply a case now of you taking it one game at a time until the Festa season and AFCON break and then have a sort of mini pre-season with the squad? Well, that's exactly, with the nail on the head exactly, you know, we want to get past this period time. You know, as you said, said earlier, we played against the London Pirates, we have to play them again. We played Butch University, you know, as you said, the only team to take points off them, uh, only one or two teams to take points off them. So it's been tough games for us, you know, but 
these guys are learning very, very quickly. You know, playing things like that and, and, and being able to hold on to them and, 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 and sometimes dominate during the period of the game, that, that, makes, that, that, that gets me excited, you know, and, start, and the players starting to believe. Of course, on, on Sunday, we've got a huge game against, as you said, the African champions. By far the best team in Africa at the moment, in my opinion, and in South Africa. They've done, they've done the country very proud. But, you know, going to this game, you know, my players are looking forward to it now. They're going to go into this game with a bit of confidence. But we know that we've got our backs against the wall, and we have to be very, very good to get something out of this game another day. Well, that's the thing, is in patches, you play the type of football that shows that you compete with the very best on any given day. Uh, last night, you got a result against the side that, I suppose, mangled uh, Mamelodi Sundowns in the final of the NTN8. Of course, we can't compare teams like that. But by the same token, it does show that you have the potential to do something great when it does all gel. But what are you expecting from, from a Sundown side that at the moment looks refocused and regathered after that uh, sort of wobble in the, uh, after they won the Champions League title? Yes, you know, they, they, they are a great team. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, no matter who they play, they can play two different teams out there that can be equally as strong, you know. But they've got, they've got so many players in top form at the moment. Katana, Anthony Lafour, you know, them, they've got them in there. They, they're really excelling at the moment. They're playing with a confidence. They're really strong. They're dizzy with a lot of pride at the moment. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to the World Championship in Japan, I think, in top three. You know, so it's, it's a huge game for us. And I'm expecting them to just be the professional team that they are and come out against us and obviously uh, do their best to, to try and win that game, you know. And, 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 and I think for us it's, uh, it's going to be a great learning curve for the players to play against them. And, uh, you know, only on the day we're going to see how things go. But we're looking to, we'll be fighting right until the end. And I think the most important thing, like you said uh, earlier on, is we want to just get past these days now, don't do the Christmas break. I'm going to take the team away for one and a half weeks to Cape Town, where we're going to have a little mini pre-season for five weeks. And, um, you know, hopefully when we come back, we can strengthen our team in the market, when we go into the market, get one or two uh, players, and um, strengthen the team and have a good second round. I was going to ask you about the transfer market, but perhaps uh, you, you've already answered this, so perhaps that's where we will leave it tonight. But Gordon Nickerson, certainly uh, well done again on a performance last night, the uh, come-from-behind tool draw, and uh, indeed best of luck against Mamelodi Sundowns on Sunday. Brian, thanks very much for your support. We all the best wishes we can get. Thank you. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader, coming up to uh, 16 minutes to 7 on SFM. And uh, we are about to uh, talk now to uh, Rowan Fernandez of Orlando Pirates, uh, as uh, Orlando Pirates, uh, a resurgent side, facing a very informed Supersport United in Mombilla Stadium on uh, Saturday uh, evening, the second of the Telcom Knockout semi final ties. Uh, Rowan, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Dwayne. Thanks for having me on board. Uh, it's good to chat to you again, uh, Rowan. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, ten nine Dora though, isn't he the story of the Lando Pirates at the moment? What's it? Nine goals in nine games. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. What are you feeding him? Yeah, look, he's doing something good right now. Yeah, whatever he's doing, keep it going. But in all fairness, yeah, he's scoring the goals, yes, but the guys are making the goals for him. He's playing really well. We have men on the left side, we've got him on the right side, and Paul McCullough behind him. So, going forward, he's very good. And the guys are making a chance for him. So Timbo's scoring a couple of goals. That's the easy right. But he's making a lot of chances. And the guys are playing real together as a team. So that's pretty good. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's f- fair enough. I mean, he has been uh, receiving a great deal of uh, of support, but then again, you, you guys do have your own energy drink as well. I was wondering if perhaps somebody had been feeding him, <laughs> feeding him a few of those before every match. It's our pre-match meal, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> now, Ron, look, overall there have been some very impressive performances, but uh, you know, we we have to go back to the six-one loss to SuperSport United in the league. Uh, that seemed to be a bit of a turning point. I mean, was, was there a great deal of introspection and soul-searching that went on in the dressing room and in the squad? I think when, when after the game, mostly, it was a major shock. I mean, it was cheap. We couldn't believe what happened. It was like a, a sort of blackout the last second half of the game. And a lot of the players were, in, in a way, because to be representing a team like Ren and be given a hiding like 6-1, and then I got home, my friend's taking a mickey out of me, saying, oh, first set to Super Bowl, well done, guys, you know, so it was, mm-hmm. wasn't Mecca. Um, but yeah, it was, I think a lot of guys were embarrassed because of the results, and the scoreline, obviously, but, like, some things, things have changed, with, obviously, a new coach come aboard, the, the team got three games in a row, three wins in a row, so it's, things have changed nicely, um, the guys have played good football, going forward very nicely. But, uh, to say the game, if it was a revenge game, we'd be wrong. Um, there's no motivation in you, that's the right word. <laughs> the guys are out there to, the kids have put the team on the, on the paper and the plus two the team is starting 11 and the guys go play because I think it's, it's soft motivation to go and prove themselves right to get super scored. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I mean, you got to, you, that's exactly it. I think you forget about any previous performances, good or bad, because you just got to go out and take every game as, as start, starting from new. Uh, the impressive performances overall, though, um, we, we heard stories that uh, Augusto Palacios. We know he's a disciplinarian, but we heard stories that the, the cell phones were sort of confiscated on match day and things like that. Is it is it as, as bad as that, or was it a case of him simply being the disciplinarian that he is and expecting players to be an act professional? Throughout the time that they're representing the club. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. It's been blown out of portion. It's not, exactly. It's not like come around, knock on the doors, and take stuff and away. It's not very bad. It's, okay. Uh, it's the case of the guys aren't kids anymore. Adults. He gives the guys the freedom and he says, "Boys, please. What I'd like is this to happen: X, Y, Z, and please follow my instructions, my rules. Things will work. Things will work. Please follow my rules." So he's not a, a major disciplinarian, you know, like a shambok in the end and going around taking cell phones and stuff, but. He does give the guys a bit of stick if they are late for training, if they are feeling late, if the cell phones on board. One thing I must say, he bans cell phones at the restaurant, like the pre-match meals for breakfast, and it's, he, he does ban cell phones then. But that's understandable. You don't sit at the table, don't be sitting looking at the guys' forehead, or something because in the cell phone all the time, you're going to be talking to the guys. So. But yes, uh, otherwise he is strict regarding times and stuff like that, and, but he gives the guys a lot of freedom. I, ha- I have heard that, uh, that, that players who might have been arriving a couple of minutes late for training are no longer doing so, that everybody's arriving exactly on time or early for, <laughs> for, 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 for training, though. Is, is that the case? It has been quite, a, quite, it has been quite amazing that, that the last few weeks that I've been on time for everything. It's like crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, it has been a noticeable change. Also, the guys are on time or early, which is crazy. We've had a couple of guys coming late, but that's because it's a traffic or a set tie or... Mm. It caused them for some random excuse. In general, it's been very good. So the stories I'm hearing out of the Pirates camp are generally uh, accurate, uh, Rowan. But let's talk about uh, the goalkeeping department. I mean, you are a goalkeeper coach and a goalkeeping legend in your own right. Uh, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Uh, Brighton and Clomer, those have been, uh, been the number one throughout the season. But Jackson Mabuhani came in and uh, really impressed. Uh, in this last week, Jackson Mabuhani's had, uh, had a pretty good time in, uh, in goal. Just, just how strong is that sort of goalkeeping department at the moment? <laughs> oh, Dwayne, I chuckle because it's like I've like had the glass. I have Sia Ponga and Johnny, 
He was number one second stars, was involved with the uh, a couple of times. Yeah. Then I have Bryson and Songo was involved with the funnel originally. Then I've Jackson McQuarney was involved with the funnel and I think the runner who's a national goalkeeper. So I've got four number ones all competing for one jersey. So it's difficult. In a way it's good because you have four guys competing for one place, which is healthy competition, but in a way it's not good because you have four guys competing for one place. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like a trick situation because you have only one can play. One in the bench and then two unhappy. So it's, it's crazy. But it's good because you have Jackson pushing Barton, Barton pushing Jackson, Sia pushing all of them, and Avono pushing all, all of the rules. So it's, in a way, it's lacquered because all keepers are pushing because they want to play, which is understandable. And yeah, I'm lucky to have four good talents on board. And I'll be honest with you, when it comes to work rates, they, they all work very hard, which is lacquered for me. It makes my job a bit easier as well. I'm sure it does. Overall, though, w- would you say that the the overall vibe, the overall feeling, the overall spirit in the change room is, uh, has been completely different in the uh, last couple of weeks? <laughs> well, Dwayne, when teams are winning, it's easy. We've won three games in a row, of course, you're happy. The ones that are happy, the ones that are playing. That, that's normal. So, yeah, we've got a couple of guys that are happy because they're not playing, etc. But it's easier because the, the team's winning. So, it's, yeah, you don't see the negative too much. But, uh, yeah, uh, Take a deep breath here because <laughs> there's been a big change since Machine came on to when both Blush came on board. Um, you can just see from the, from the, from the sidelines, they look and the players and monsters change completely. So it's just, uh, you wonder if the guys are, uh, accepting more to Blush's way of thinking, way of handling things, possibly. Uh, there could be the one reason, yeah. Have you been able to sort of pinpoint what the difference is there? I mean, aside from just uh, a little tightening in the discipline strings. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is it. You're because me, this, is, this, this is why I've, I've been asking a few people, but nobody can really tell me exactly what has changed at Orlando Pirates. Because the only other thing I can suggest is that that 6-1 was just a completely fluke result, which happens from time to time. I mean, even the best teams in the world somehow uh, sometimes get, get hammered and uh, or, yeah. or concede four or five goals in, on any given day. Uh, these things do happen. So that that could be the simple explanation, I suppose. But uh, but I thought I'd try to get your take on it. But it <laughs> 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 to be on the spot here, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's difficult because I, mean, I just see the players are enjoying themselves. They do a lot more freedom. The guys can play and do what they want. And you're seeing players like Jamal Akali. He's checking back in defending now, which is, was nothing a while ago. You have players like can pull McCauley defending as well, which is like defending more than would normally, you know? So, it does help. Well, that certainly speaks to the uh, team yeah. ethic and spirit at the moment as well. But, uh, Rowan, look, you are going back to Mobella Stadium, and there are times when uh, when visits to venues that have good or bad memories can affect uh, teams and players. Has there been anything said in the change rooms or in the build-up to this about visiting the venue at which uh, this disaster happened? Yeah, it will be a psychological reference point because of the fact that we were the last time against Machine, and, of course, we lost 6-1, etc., but... You know, it won't be the end of the world. I mean, uh, and we get paid to play soccer, number one. We get paid to coach the guys. So, you know, it happened to be more Bella. On Tuesday night, we're in Nelson Mandela Bay. So, you know, we've, we've fortunate to stay in lovely stadiums. Yes, of course, the last time we got a Mecca hiding. But the way I see it is, it's a chance to correct things. And the one not, you know, a single final, you have a big chance to take a big cup final. So why not? And it's a, it's a great chance for us to, to prove themselves the, the, the last 45 minutes we thought was, was a sort of blackout, a sort of flick. It's time to go to those. 
Yeah, I suppose you could just look at it, as you say, as a side going into it with three consecutive wins, and that's a pretty confidence booster in itself. But, I mean, let's talk about your opponents briefly. Supersport United uh, is a side that's on a run of 11 matches undefeated in all competitions at the moment. What are you expecting from uh, from them come, come Saturday? Yeah, look, I should take the name from Funday's, and he's a very good technician. He's also very sick and he's very good at his job. He's got a nice squad at seven, he's sort of a great player in the team, and of course, Dean from Bonani, I'd give Brady Hubble a hard time for him for not seeing it, because of course, we, <laughs> we find the Bonani flag as often as you can. But yeah, uh, they're, they're a good team, some good players on board. Um, I like to think that the 45 minutes against them was a total blackout, and a total flop, they did well, they, they were clever, they took a chance as well. But it's also what nice so let's just hope that come Saturday, that despite their big names and big players and good players on the team that we can do a job. Well, uh, Ron Fernandez, certainly wish you the best of luck against uh, Supersport United and Mobella Stadium on Saturday in the second Telcom Knockout semi-final. Thank you very much for uh, chatting to us tonight, and good luck then in the uh, semi. Thank you, and thanks for support, man. Perfect. Rowan Fernandez of Orlando Pirates, goalkeeper coach. But what is summer without your favourite song? The SABC giving you the chance to vote for your favourite song from any SABC radio station of your choice. SMS the letters MTR, the name of the song and artist, to 33175 to vote for your SABC summer song. By voting, you stand a chance to win a brand new Kia Picanto plus a weekly cash prize of 5,000 Rand. You can SMS as many times as you like. Voting closes on the 30th of December 2016. SMS cost 1 Rand 50. T's and C's apply. Sure, baby. Sure. Hey, how's the living? Kisama, <laughs> my brother, and everything you tell But when I've been hooked on SABC One documentaries, so catch a new documentary, The Art of Lovers Show, play on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock. Oh, yeah. With so much entertainment <laughs> on SABC One. <laughs> you know, they say it was hashtag Samayadi Sama. This is the summer to remember. Yeah, as the Proteas are looking to make it 3-0 against Australia in the Test Series Down Under. The teams are currently battling it out with the pink ball in Adelaide and you can catch regular updates right here on SAFM. There's no topic too hot for us to handle. SAFM, keeping the temperature soaring all summer. SAFM Sports Wrap. 5 to 7 in SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. We were set to chat to uh, Free State Star striker, took us only second long, but Free State Stars have unfortunately been involved in a flight delay in their travel plans down to Cape Town. And uh, the players have been asked to, uh, now that they've eventually got off the plane, have been taken into a stretching session, would you believe? So we're unavailable to, uh, to chat to us tonight. So we're, instead, we'll bring you more on the story of Maritzburg United uh, coach Ernst Bindorp leading his post. Well, the uh, United chairperson for Kadodias lauded Ernst for his unselfishness and foresight following his resignation earlier today. The 58-year-old German bought the uh, curtain down on a turbulent 11 months at the club when he stood down from his position for what he deemed to be challenges and circumstances that were beyond my control. Bindorp had already threatened on the previous occasion to step down because he felt referees were deliberately ruling against the club simply because there was a broader agenda against him. Cadodio praised him for his selflessness. Of course, the reality is that uh, the coach felt that, you know, all the hard work he puts in uh, is a bit uh, unsafe for him to get. Uh, but he, he believed that uh, the guns were out against him. And uh, eventually he felt that this is, I think, the, the cost of all this year, the club is a bit of a run for it. And uh, he, he really uh, believed that uh, he doesn't want to let the club down. The club should not pay the price for uh, any issues that uh, people are having against him. 
I mean, it seems that when I really understood that the, uh, he, he uh, passed his contract with the parking base and he didn't really need to basically be financially remunerated, normally uh, coaches uh, or any uh, uh, sportsman to always hold on to the contract. And uh, the coach believed that, hey, you know what, uh, the contract is not the issue, the, the brand of the club is the bigger issue here, and uh, I don't want the club to be the price. Now, Kadodia refused to be drawn into the debate as to whether there was really an agenda against his coach. However, he maintained that plenty had gone against them in the past 18 months, which included a long-drawn relegation battle that saw them secure their absolute premiership courtesy of one of the great escapes in the PSL history last year. I'm not drawn into all that discussion at the moment. All I can be drawn, all I can be drawn into one simple thing, is that the road has been very tough on Malfoy on the previous season until now, and uh, we only appeal to all the people all the to support the team. has lashed out at referees in many post-match interviews already this season, which has landed him in hot water with the governing PSL, whether it was a penalty decision or red card either uh, awarded against his side or not in their favour. The former Chiefs boss has not been shy of venting his frustration. Whether or not there is an agenda, making such accusations without evidence is difficult to justify, and Kadodi was unsure whether the German would return to coaching in South Africa, but called on those in power to investigate the agenda against his club. Firstly, I'd like to take a challenge at various journalists. Everybody knows what's going on in the dynamics of football. Everybody knows that how management suffers, whatever they suffer. But we need the journalists to really put up exactly what they see and how they portray the kind of punishment, whether it's from us or not, whether it's from whoever, or sponsored battle with that. And uh, the thing is that uh, we need that, uh, those kind of uh, independent uh, analysis. And, uh, you know, the reality is that uh, Earl himself has confirmed that uh, he's not going to work in South Africa for at least three months. And uh, obviously by that time, he hopes that the terrain will be down. And uh, if any opportunity comes around, whether it's overseas or whether it's locally, after three months, he'll get as for the position vacated by Middendorp, the reins have now been handed over to his uh, former assistant coach, Fadlu Davids, in an acting capacity, as uh, termed by Kadodia. Fadlu Davids was in charge of the team, currently ninth in the league in the last two matches, owing to the red card suspension for Middendorp. Fortunately, Earl left a good foundation behind. Uh, he assembled uh, a technical team that he believed he could uh, uh, have people to aspire to. And Fadlu and Mahir basically uh, responded well to uh, the uh, education of uh, Earl. And I believe they have a lot on the, the shoulders. So uh, there's no panic right away now to appoint a coach. But uh, obviously, when he arises, uh, then we'll, uh, we'll do whatever has to be done. But uh, there is no panic.